this story is the reason we connected. Okay. One day I'm sitting there with, her name is Dana, I'm sitting there with Dana, she says, you know, I'm one of the few men that you will ever find in your life that will admit that all men are pigs. Okay. You got exactly the reaction I expected. And so I said, however, you have to take into consideration what kind of pig are you? You could be a cute, cuddly pig. You could be a razorback boar pig. Or you could be a piggy bank, which some women want. Yeah, the problem is we know which ones we are. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Life to the Max. We got Curtis with us. And I don't, you know what? Curtis is a good friend of Max, so I'm going to let Max start it off before the intro. All right, so, so rock and roll. So, uh, Curtis uh, came strolling in my house when in 2019. Uh, I was kind of down a little bit. And uh, my sister's friend, Patience, actually. Shout out Patience. Hold on, wait. I got a question. So Curtis just walks in your house well, without well, knowing anyone? No, just walks into no, a random no, house? No, no. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I can, I, I'll cut in on this to make that work. Basically, <laughs> Patience is the daughter of one of our clients in my wife's law firm. Okay. Uh, and we won a, that's the lawsuit that ended up helping us get the beach resort in Jamaica. And so Patience knew Max, and Patience asked, you know, you know, she knew my, I, I had spinal cord injury and everything. She said, is there any way you could go visit him? And I said, well, hell yes. Yeah. You know, and so that's, it wasn't random by any means, but uh, uh, so. And, uh, and we're both vets, so that, that brought us a little closer to, I mean, I'm only a year and a half. You're 24 years, but let's get into this podcast first, right? Okay, so right after Max's intro. Right after mm-hmm. the intro. How about it? I'm a disabled vet, and I'm paralyzed from the neck down, breathing through a machine. But that doesn't stop me from following my dreams and doing what I love to do. I don't have an excuse, and neither should you. Let's get into Curtis's exciting. Episode. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. Shit, I'm damn near crying already because I understand uh, so much of how that works. You know, and, and you know, <clears throat> I don't want to hijack the episode, but I'll say to start out with, for me, spinal cord injury recovery is all, it's a lot physical, but it's about 98% mental. 
And when I met this man, I says, you know, he can get there. Yeah. And I, you know, it's just if you have the brain power to fight through what it takes, you can get there. That's my my mentors. We'll, we'll talk about this later. My mentors, and hopefully he calls while we're here, my mentor is Patrick Rummerfield. I'll give you the short story. He's 21 years old, drunk with a buddy, <laughs> in a brand-new Corvette, something like a 64. They decide to head to the highway and open it up, and then they hit the ditch before the highway. Car went over three times. They had to pry Patrick out. So the cut to the chase, 17 years later, he ran the Iron Man in Hawaii. Wow. He, he builds yeah. himself. He builds himself as the first fully, fully recovered functional spinal cord injury patient, which is true. My problem is I'm going to be number two. That, you know, I you know I can't let him get and away with it. be number three. Matt, bingo! You just nailed where I was going. Stop reading my mind. You know, you know we we can't let it stop us, and so that's that's kind of. What got me here, and that's what uh, you're, you're skipping steps. Tell tell the people your story of, oh, of well, your spinal cord injury. Yeah, my story. Yeah, sure. Um, it's simple. I'm an active skydiver. The military taught me that nasty habit. Uh, I was in a uh, joint command that was an airborne command, and the reservists in the command had the option of they could jump or not, and if they raised their hand, they could do it. So I did. Duh. Now, mm-hmm. Air Force kind of frowns on us leaving the airplane in flight, but uh, I don't care about the Air Force. So anyway, uh, I was on a relatively routine skydive. My son was on the load, and uh, I came out of the airplane. Everything was normal, and I'm coming down. And so air, uh, parachutes are designed to kind of open like they flutter open. You throw the pilot chute out. They're designed to flutter open, and we call what happens when they open is opening shock. Mm. And I tell people I had industrial strength opening shock. Turns out I I sustained about 7.2 Gs of force because you're attached at the shoulders. My head whipped forward, and that created edema in the spinal swelling in the spinal cord. Wow. I was actually paralyzed under canopy. Wow. And I'm looking, I, my arms were broken. I thought they were just sort of broken. And I'm looking, underneath me is the Fox River, and there's a dam. On the other side of the dam is all the rushing water. We had lost another skydiver there about a week before in a, in a power glider, uh, power paraglider accident that, Engine gave out. Mm-hmm. I'm looking down. I'm a scuba instructor. I was before. And I'm sitting there. I'm looking at the water. She says, I don't know what's going on, if I can survive that. And so I'm sitting there. go, okay. Fortunately for me, my parachute took up a little right turn, ended up in a tree. People on the load knew that I was there. That's how it worked in skydiving. So you paralyzed, like, neck down? Well, uh, apparently, you know, I mean, at this point, I just, I knew my arm... Well, when you, when, when you first, when your parachute first opens, one of the first things you do is you go up to, the, it's, uh, the parachutes are packed and stowed in what they call, they stow in brakes. So you pull these two toggles, toggles which are the steering toggles, mm-hmm. 
And uh, I really literally tried to get this left arm up to get to the toggle and pull it. It's good I didn't because once you do it, you move faster. Mm. So um, as far as I don't know, I don't know what Paralyzed my Paralyzed in a parachute. Yeah, I don't even know what my legs. Just floating well, to I couldn't, earth. I couldn't feel my legs. So the bottom line is I ended up in a tree. The funny part was. Oh, luckily you well, ended up well, in a tree. Well, they, they train you. Tree landings, okay? We, we even learned tree landings in the military, but basically a tree landing. The object is you spread eagle to try not to get hung up in all yeah. the branches, which I tried. <laughs> but that's where I don't even know what, I, I didn't even know what my legs were like at that point. But anyway, got in the tree, team of people. My son was actually on the search team because he was also on the load. And so eventually they got to me. Now, the guy who was running the drop zone for a while is a dear friend. He also does, he did maintenance on my airplanes for a while. His name is Donovan. Donovan saved my life. It was funny because the other guy, uh, Andre, who, <clears throat> another parachutist who was out there with him, they found me in the tree. Now, we have a release. You pull this one handle, it releases the main canopy. <laughs> so I'm way up in the tree. And Donovan, now I think this is ironic. Donovan went to school to learn. Uh, he was an arborist. He knows not an arborist, but basically, he's a plant fellow. So he's hugging the tree. Andre's climbing on his shoulders to reach up to my cutaway. He gets up there and pulls it off. Now I come down. I take them both down to the ground, <laughs> <laughs> and so okay. Now, at that point, I probably, I, I'm sure I wasn't breathing well, because Donovan's a smart guy. He's been in the business for his whole life, and he had an Ambi bag. He starts resuscitation with the Ambi bag, and some guys show up with a four-wheeler, carry me up to uh, the drop zone, and I then engaged in what I call my $35,000 helicopter ride. <laughs> <laughs> That was off to, off to uh, Good Sam Hospital. That was the first place I ended up. And the interesting thing is my dear friend, who's my doctor, Dr. Anthony Bellotta, I have to put his name out there. Dr. Bellotta is also a <clears throat> designated medical examiner, examiner for pilots. So if you in your pilot's license, you need your medical, you go see Dr. B. Mm-hmm. Dr. B got to the hospital before my wife did. Wow. You know, so how many doctors are <laughs> How's that for a house call? That, wow. <laughs> that's amazing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. That's great. So anyway, that's a short story for me getting to the, how I got there. And then, of course, that's when the journey began. So let's talk about the journey. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, you're floating in the air. Mm-hmm. You're in the tree. When, when you were in the tree, were you... Conscious? Did no. you see? No, at that anything? point, I think out? I think I probably went out just before that because I, uh, like I said, I remember seeing the dam. Yeah. I remember, the, I remember the turn on the parachute, but then after that, I don't remember anything. Do you? Uh, I don't know if I went out under parachute at that point, but I certainly was out by the time they got me off the ground. So, uh, were you induced into a coma? No, 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 fortunately not. Yeah, that didn't happen. Okay, so um, when you uh, got to the when you got to the hospital and you finally regained consciousness of what was 
what were you feeling? Like, what was, what, you know, obviously life was turned upside down. So. Oh, yeah. Well, she got there finally. And the interesting part now, yeah, I got to throw in all the, what I call the comical part of the whole thing. This is fun. Anyway, I got to the hospital. My, you know, we learn in SCI world to be very, uh, not cynical, very cautious with what some medical people will say. There was a nurse in that first hospital. It was shift change. And during shift change, she was telling the oncoming nurse, uh, don't worry about him, he's paralyzed. <laughs> My wife heard that and, oh, yeah. blew, and blew up. Good. She ran to the, she ran and grabbed the doctor, says, get her out of here, and I don't want her anywhere near him. Because I was conscious enough to hear that shit. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I guess we can do that in this no, podcast. You, no, we you can say what one of First Joe Rogan, I can say whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so in any, <laughs> in any event, you get the idea that, you know, some people just don't get it. Well, one of the things, Dr. Bellotta was instrumental in stuff, and this is important for anybody in the community to know. There apparently is some kind of an injection. It's a steroid steroid injection. Now, Dr. B not only is a good medical doctor, he's also, he teaches emergency room medicine. And he basically pressured the doctor, you have to give him that injection because it's important. And in the old days, they didn't do it. And so this doctor resisted. Dr. B said, give it to him. So I think that has a lot to do with my recovery because that injection, you know, you're in bad shape, but you need to get that swelling down, whatever it takes. The scar tissue. All of the above. Right, the scar yeah. tissue and the spinal cord injury. Yeah. Right. Um, He's done his own work, too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You have to. Oh, yes, sir. I mean, the LCI community is so like niche. Oh. Like, there's, there's, like, everybody knows everybody. If, if, yeah. if you're These like, it's getting better on that. The yeah. group. But uh, what well, year did this happen? Uh, this is 2014. This happened in 2014. Right. A doctor said, who cares? He's paralyzed. Well, that was a nurse. You know, I, I won't say Not the doctor. The doc was nurse. okay. But... A nurse said yeah. that? wasn't who cares. She just said, don't worry about him. He's paralyzed. I don't know exactly what she meant by that. Maybe you don't have to work so hard. I don't. Yeah. But even even in, it doesn't even in that case, how do I sound if I went up to the nurse that was clocking in for Max and I'm like, hey, he's, he's paralyzed neck down. He'll be in exactly. bed all day. Don't, don't worry about him. Right. Right. That's kind of the, how that felt. Oh, yeah. and, and, yeah. and by the way, in, in the thing about being conscious, <laughs> you laugh. I got to throw these plugs in. I made a request of my wife. I tried my damnedest. I wanted to stand up, and I got in a big fight with my son-in-law. Help me get up. Stand up. All I wanted to do at that point is stand up. Mm-hmm. And, they, of course, they wouldn't let me, which is fair. I understand. What so, spinal cord injury did you have? Well, it's uh, C3 and 4. They call it edema, swelling of the spinal cord. And then I already had, uh, basically, a little bit of obstruction in that, in the air. So basically, the interior core of the of the um, sp- spine kind of presses up against, constantly presses against the spinal cord. Mm. 
And so, yeah, and this, they, you know, from a medical standpoint, they reduce it to get you better. But as you go on, it's still there. It doesn't go away ever. So since we're talking about your, your first time in the hospital and, and what, was, what was your initial thoughts dealing with this, with this new situation and what are your thoughts now? <laughs> I'm trying to be polite how I say it, but it was like, I, F me. You don't have to be what polite. Do I, you don't have to be it polite. was basically, fuck me, what do I do? You know, and so, but beyond that, uh, well, I guess my, I, I can honestly say my initial thoughts, well, mainly, not so much because I wasn't that coherent in Good Sam. When I moved on to RIC, where they have a lot of spinal cord patients, where they have all the equipment that you need, and so... In the course of that, I says, I'm going to make it through this. RIC Rehabilitation Institute of Chicago right. out in Streeterville. Uh, well, well, this is this is one. This one was downtown, but I know they have a lot of branches. Well, I know that the, I stayed at the seventh floor. There seventh floor RIC. Oh, I know yeah. what you're talking about. There you go. <laughs> so, RIC. So anyway, through the experience at RIC, I says, well, basically, I'll fight my, through this, fight my way through this, and I'm not going to let it get me down. So there it is. There so, was one other point. I'll get to it. So um, uh, when you were in the ICU, uh, how— You know, I was not—the you know, interesting thing, I don't think I was ever—well, I probably was in ICA. I don't even know I was. I wasn't present to where I was at the point. But when I got—yeah, so that was a good Sam— from Good Sam, I went on to well, how long were you RML. Good Sam? I was only there, well, I don't think I was there more than a few days because okay. they moved me to RML in Hinsdale. And RML's specialty is removing the ventilators. So I got through that successfully. So you were on a ventilator? Yeah, at wow. the beginning, yeah. So <clears throat> go to RML. Now they... I don't know if you want to call it creepy part, was RML. My father was there before he passed away. Wow. I was like, ooh. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's where my dad was. Yeah, so, anyway. RML, yeah, they, they specialize in uh, weaning off the vine. They exactly. also specialize in uh, skin care as well. They're uh, very, very good. So I know exactly what you're talking about. There you go. So then good. you moved on to Rehabilitation Institute of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, do you uh, remember like the therapist, like that really, like you know, like got you in gear, or mm-hmm. what? What gave you the motivation to start saying, you know, like, instead of like "fuck me, fuck this," like <laughs> you know what, "fuck you," I'm gonna get through this. Well, um, well, perhaps in a kind of a, it's a fascinating question given the circumstances, is. I got to RIC. They have some very good therapists. I can't remember the names of any of them. But as you know, when, when you're in the military, and particularly if you're in special operations, you only think of mission accomplishment. You think of, here's the end game, and that's where I'm going. I found that the RIC, there were a lot of therapists there were kind of like, oh, well, we'll work with you as much as you can get. I was all in mental attitude. So... Every time they kind of, especially the speech therapist, I had nothing but trouble with. I says, you know what? You ain't in my game. I don't want to play your game. 
So RIC didn't impress me, even though they're known for this. They have best, best hospital in, in the world for spinal cord injury, so they say, because Christopher right. Reeves well, always went there. Well, the now the 2000s. one, I, 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 I'll interrupt a little bit. The one that is that is Kennedy Krieger, the International Institute for Spinal Cord Injury, is at Kennedy Krieger Hospital in Baltimore. I went there every 90 days for a while, and basically what I love to therapists, doctors, and everybody get in there. I'm in for 100% recovery because they're the one, that's where uh, Patrick Rummerfield was, and he was actually for a few years their patient advocate. So Kennedy Krieger, you know, was basically was exactly what I was looking for. Oh, I know. Like the vigor and like the strength of like what you did. What was your routine? What was oh, yeah. your food? What what did you eat? Okay. Well, what was I was, your you know, I was Everything. going through. I was going through the regular routine. I understand. I was going through the regular routine of PT, OT, and all that. And uh, in answer to your question, I think what really kicked me in my ass was Patrick Rummerfield when. Uh, when I was laying in bed at RAC, it was my wife Dana at the time who found Patrick on the internet, the interweb. He, she found Patrick, and he's got a book called Green Bananas. And so we basically, she basically read the book to me while I was in bed. And to hear his story, I mean, the man, he's got the land speed record in an electric car. He's got... He's walked the Gobi Desert, and he is uh, some kind of a thing they do there. And he, uh, well, like I said, he ran the Ironman, Ironman in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. He didn't win it, but he ran he it. it. Yeah, and so basically the answer is Patrick is my motivator, and that's what got me basically saying this isn't the end. It's amazing, right? One person can just kick you into gear. That's for me. I uh, when I was uh, uh, when I when I got paralyzed, I said the same thing. Fuck me! What am I gonna do? Like that's what's it's literally written in my book that I'm writing right now. Good on you, Ham. Yeah. Um, I hate. This is not rude. I don't think. Is there a chance there's another? Uh, oh, no brother no sitting problem. over there. <laughs> no problem. I'm enjoying this too much. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know what it's like. You just uh, you're in a really, really bad space. If you now, in your case, I know that you do have good family around you, and if there's one, your family and your friends. Yeah. Well, uh, it was it was tough for me because uh, I was in young love too. I had young love. You know, I had a girlfriend at the time. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and, wow, what and, a bad time, yeah. Yeah, what a bad time, man. And I was in love with her, man. You know, oh, and yikes. I, uh, I treated her bad sometimes, but, like, I didn't, like, treat her, like, terrible. But, like, my life is turns up, turned upside down, like, honestly. Like, so it was just really hard on her. And she Ouch. said she wanted to get married to me two weeks before she left me and she left me over a text message on the phone and uh, it was on Memorial Day. Let me ask you, um, when all that was going on, um, so 
you had this girlfriend, potential wife, and she lost, basically she lost it. Was it basically you attributed to the injury and in your recovery? You were she she wasn't she wasn't up for it. Sure. No, she was, man. Like, she was like my rock. She really was. She At was the time. there. Okay. She was there. She was sleeping on a cot just so, like, I have someone in the room with me, like, every other day. You right. know? Okay. She, and she would drive from Chicago, from Elgin to Chicago. Like, she was a real, like, she was, she was an awesome person. But I, I think, like, uh, in retrospect, she was thinking, like, oh, my God, this is my future. Do you know what I mean? Like, am I really going to commit? Or am I going to do something else, you know? Right. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't like the way she left, but I probably would have left, too. Because, I mean, we're not married. We're just getting into our 20s, you know? Mm -hmm. we dated for eight months uh and uh i was in the, in the military so i didn't even see her that much anyways mm -hmm. but I, I was in love with her you know and it was young love and young love hurts the most oh yeah well especially if you're dying well, on well, a, yeah my my heart really goes out to you on that uh max because uh I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to waste time with the podcast and all my drama. The, my wife was also my rock. She stuck through a lot. She did a lot to help me in recovery. But at the point, she, I call it when she lost her sense of humor, she mm -hmm. basically said, she, this is what's important for people in the community to know. I know there's a number of people in the community through some. Uh, Facebook action I've seen that have had similar situations where their caretakers basically abandoned them. And uh, my wife, can't remember who she was talking to, said something to the effect of, I wonder if after six years of being a caretaker for an SCI patient, I wonder if something happens to somebody there. And so... Fast forward, we're in the middle of a really ugly divorce. So she took care of me, and I appreciate the time she spent taking care of me. But I guess she. I mean, it, I mean, I mean, Curtis, it happens all the time for yeah. people who are disabled because right. why not? It's, it's either when you're young, you know, and when you're young, they want to live their lives. Exactly. You know I mean, they want to go out. They want to do that I mean, thing. Yeah. This is for young people now. For uh, people who have been married for 15 years, I wouldn't expect that person to leave. I really wouldn't. Uh, if you had a happy marriage, you know, but I thought uh, we did, but yeah, but uh, for young people, you know, yeah, like I, like, I want to yeah. uh, say a story about uh, this guy, Mike Droder. You know, he's a real inspiration, Mike Droder. Brosit, Brosit, this guy, Mike Droder, he uh, he uh, he went to Hawaii and he uh, asked his. Uh, he asked his girlfriend to marry him, basically. And after that happened, he dove into the ocean and broke his neck. Fast forward uh, two days later when he wakes up in the hospital, 
he asks, are you still going to marry me? And she <laughs> says, of course, I'm going to oh. still marry you, you know. And then... I think you laughed because you thought she was going to say no. Yeah. And, yeah, that's and, and, and they, were, they were in love, right? And she was his rock. She was always there, this and that. Turns out she was cheating on him with his best friend. Oh, fuck. For you know, 18 months. Us poor GIs go through <laughs> these stories all the time, Dear John letters and everything. Anyway, yeah. I'm sure you're in this camp. I will never figure out women. <laughs> it's impossible. I believe they have a book that their mothers give them. And it's got all this stuff in there on how to be good and how to be shitty. <laughs> and so the man that gets a hold of copy of that book will be the richest man in the world. That's right. Save yourself a whole lot of stress when you just don't try to understand. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's get back to your recovery, man, because that's, that's the real inspiration here. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you were paralyzed from the neck down, and now you're moving your hands, walking, drinking a beer right in front of me, you know? I'm kind of jealous and waiting. No, I'm just kidding. We'll get there. I'm just messing with you. Well, that, that's your new PT. So, that's more like OT. But. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, occupational therapy right there, right? No, uh, so when you are, you, you, I remember, I remember in 2019, you said, get on the bike every single day. Get on the, yes. uh, Future electric simulation bike every single day. As often as, as you can, yeah. As, of, as often as you can, because you said that's what Patrick Romerfield did, right? Well, I, 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 have to, I have to give credit to Pat. Pat fundamentally invented the stim bike. He hasn't gotten any credit for it, any money for it, but the way it was is that in his recovery, for those of the old timers out there you might remember the old extra extra exercise bicycle mm-hmm. and it kind of looked clunky so and it, it actually had a motor on it and his dad slapped patrick on that thing and forgot him so he was on it for like about three hours. <laughs> but but now that particular machine did not have the stimulator pads. It just just normal exercise. But but basically, you know, the motto at Kennedy Krieger is uh, hope in motion. So that constant motion, three hours of it, whatever, is a lot of what got him coming back. And then, wow. of course, the guy's a rock. I mean. He, in the book, it talks about when he start, first started running, how many times he fell on his face, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Anyway, I'll let you pick it up from there. I'll definitely give it a read. You said Green Bananas is the name of the book? Green Bananas. Um, green Bananas. If you have, now, you should be able to order it on his web page, but, he's, web page, but he said it kind of ran out of copies. But one way or another, I'll get a copy. From and this is Patrick? Patrick Rummerfield. Is he, is he local? No, he's in St. Louis. Uh, anyway... If you could motivate him, well, to yeah, I will. This uh, table we could fly oh, it will. Here. It's going to happen. We'll fly yeah. him out One here. Well, it will get him up. Anyway, Patrick, um, basically, was I going to say? He's in St. Louis, and you know, he's also a big thing on advocacy for us. So uh, there's no problem. It's just a logistics issue. And mm-hmm. Military people know the logistics. We can make that happen, even if we have to remote him in. But uh, he'll do it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, if. 
I'm hoping he calls while we're here, but if he doesn't, I'll kick him in the ass and <laughs> make it happen. Or I'll go down and drag his ass back here. Nice. Yeah. Do you, um, so, so this happened in 2014. When did you, when can you confidently say you walked again? Well, I was in RIC for a, no more than an eight weeks, six or eight weeks. I got frustrated. I said, I don't want to be here. Guy that was there uh, with me also with spinal cord injury from, just before he got married, he got on one of those riding bulls, fell off. There, there went his neck, and he no way. he died a little later. So, so I go, hey, it ain't happening to me. So anyway, um, what was my point? Um, you you probably didn't like RIC, so you wanted I to did not. I did right. So anyway, I was there. It was like that's what motivated me to, you know, basically separate from all the negativity. I can't. You know, that's these days particularly negative. You know, if anybody remembers the old movie uh, Kelly's Heroes, you're going to have to write that one down. <laughs> I got a whole list coming from you. Well, you're going to like this. <laughs> Kelly's Heroes. Uh, Donald Sutherland plays the role of a tank commander. He basically, long blonde hair, looks like a hippie, and his whole thing throughout the movie... What's with all negativity, man? What's with that negativity, man? No. And throughout the movie. So anyway, that's Kelly's heroes. And uh, so. Uh, uh, that's that's kind of the same energy I bring to Max, but not, not in the hippie version. Yeah, well, you so got, it doesn't matter. That's a little familiar long blonde hair, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. A little familiar. Yeah, but Max uh, brings the negativity every morning as soon as he wakes up. He likes he likes shitting on people so, for entertainment. Why so negative, man? <laughs> you gotta watch the movie. You you'll see. And and the, the nickname for Donald in the movie is Oddball. Oddball. Yeah. So uh, so what's the uh, Hunger Games? You know that you know the guy who's the leader in Hunger Games. Yeah. That's Donald Sutherland. Oh, okay. It's an old Donald yeah, Sutherland. Nice, so I nice. knew I knew I'd remember it. Nice. See, this seventy-year-old Bane isn't that bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we keep working with it. And so, 70, 70 years. So, so, how long were you paralyzed? Yeah, that's yeah. Like, so you went to um, Baltimore, and uh, you. I'm guessing you did your therapy at home. And uh, when can you confidently say? From 2014, that you were able to walk again? Well, from 2014, I was walking easily in the early 15. I was, I was at... Uh, One year? I was, One well, year. no, no. I was at RAC for about six or eight weeks. Yeah. I said, get me out of here. They didn't want to let me go. I says, no, this is, I've had enough. So there was a gentleman at RAC, a doctor who did research, and... Um, he hooked me up with a research stutter, which I recommend to everybody. If you've got a CI, anybody in the neighborhood doing research studies on the subject, do it, even if it's hard. He put me on this hanging harness treadmill affair where you have two physical therapists murking your legs. I did that a dozen times. I puked up a bunch of orange juice once. <laughs> Therapist job. But anyway... Uh, after that, that's what my wife credits to getting me to walk. So I was walking out of RIC probably within 
Certainly within three months I was walking. Three months. You were walking out of RAC, and you were on a ventilator three months ago, paralyzed from the neck down, hanging in a tree. <laughs> well, you nailed it. <laughs> that's and a you didn't story. have an excuse. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, people? He didn't have an excuse. Neither, Neither should, should you. you. Bingo. You that? I like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember that one. Oh, who's the blonde? <laughs> Teasing me here. We got a slideshow going for everybody who's uh, listening in their cars. You know, I knew I shouldn't have put this TV on for the slideshow because I thought it'd be distracting. But Max just got an 85-inch TV, fellas. I had to had to I'm, turn it on I'm for thoroughly impressed for the decor. Yeah. Uh, so Curtis, so uh, talk to me about Jamaica. So you, uh, so so you, uh, you win this suit, right? You settle in it. You, uh, you want to make this resort in Jamaica. You like Jamaica a lot. Oh, That's yeah. what you told me in 2019. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna bring you to Jamaica. That's what bingo. You're now I know why you keep coming back to that. It's no problem. Well, now you're giving me a challenge. <laughs> Last thing you want to do is challenge a special operator, but we'll do it. Nice. That's why I told my wife, if she wants to divorce me, you're trying to divorce a special operations <laughs> warrior. Do you really think that's a good idea? <laughs> so anyway, I'll answer your question. Yes, it's going to happen. I don't know how it will turn out with the resort, but when we built the resort, it's 100% ADA compliant. Ramps, uh, a nice easy ride, like if you've got a power chair, but even a regular wheelchair, nice easy ride into every room. Now, of course, second floor is a different story, but. No pun intended. Yeah, but I'm I'm well done. Like you. (laughs) Way to go, Eric. I said I'll never forget your name. My son's name, Eric. All right. But anyway. Hopefully with a C, not with a K. uh, Yeah. Eric? No, it's with a C. C. So anyway, well said. We do that Curtis all the time, and a lot of time people want to make a K on it. Anyway, forget that. Anyway, (laughs) easy ramps into the restaurant, and we even have a ramp into the beach. Where's this resort? It's in Negril, Jamaica. Well, we'll have to do the plug now. It's, oh, yeah. Wow. Like a year ago, Donna brought this resort up. You're totally bringing back memories. Bingo. So anyway... It's called, so here's time. We still have your coins. It's it, bingo. That's, yeah, well, we you, still you know, got them. They're, they're each worth a beer. Nice. They're, they're worth a drink. That's nice. a free drink. Well, we anyway. return the favor. So anyway, the uh, it's called Blue Skies Beach Resort. It's in Negril, Jamaica, right smack in the middle of Seven Mile Beach, which is famous. It's within walking distance chair distance, whatever, of reggae every night. So if you want some live reggae every night, you can get there. So regardless of how it turns out, I may, I, I just <clears throat> sent a response to my lawyers last night with regard to uh, basically I was offered a settlement proposal, which isn't acceptable. But depending on how it plays out, I told them I want to maintain an interest in the resort one way or another. If she wants to get out of it, I'll go back and run it. And one of the things, you know, to throw it out there, to follow up on some of the school of thought that Max is going, since my injury, I've done three 
tandem skydives, which people would think, what, are you a fucking crazy? You got paralyzed in a parachute. Are you an idiot? Well, maybe I am. But anyway, one of those was with my son, who was a tandem instructor at the time. So that was fine, son three. And I've flown right seat in an airplane two times. Besides, I do drive. So, uh, and I've done about a dozen scuba dives at this point. Wow. So, hey, man, yeah. you're like a walking inspiration, man. You're like, a, you're like, a, uh, you're like right under Patrick Romerfield. Well, I know. We're, 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 we're that's the, that's the SCI challenge of the day. All right, Patrick, you're number one. Screw you. I'm 60 years old, just recovered from paralysis. Fuck it. I'm going to go skydiving a few times. I'm going to get in a plane. I'm going to go scuba diving. And by the way, I have to jump forward a little bit. I'm coming back. We call it, in the skydiving world, we call it a recurrency jump. When you've been off for a while. I'm at off for almost eight years. And I'm, last year I thought I was ready for my recurrency jump, but I'm not quite there. My plan is to do two or three sessions in the vertical wind tunnel. There's one right in Naperville, another one in Chicago. And so I do that for practice, mm-hmm. just to see. I don't want to get uh, bogged down the deal, but in skydiving, you have to be able to maneuver your body enough to turn left, roll over, and whatever. And I truly think I'm there. Mm-hmm. And certainly by, I'm, <coughs> excuse me, I would be shooting for this July 7th, because July 7th is my anniversary of my injury. Uh, except the only thing that will slow that down is uh, I need about $10,000 in gear. Hmm. If I could get a sponsor, it would be great. But anyway, because I, I need a new, a new, I need a different, well, the the reason for my injury is stupidity <laughs> in a way. In skydiving, we like to downsize the size of our canopy at the I was jumping about a hundred and twenty, yeah, hundred and forty square foot canopy, but I wanted to downside because they're like a little more like a sports car. So I downside found a good bargain on a downsized canopy, which actually already had a reputation for bad openings. So, wow. So anyway, uh, if You're I get crazy, the right, man. if I get the right, yes, sir, if I get the right gear, and, and my, my rigger, who's a dear friend, he, uh, we've talked about what can we do on the, on the canopy for the toggles such that I can reach them and work them. And so if I get a new gear, I'm coming back, no doubt. Well, you know. Yorkers, uh, skydiving, just to make it clear, it is an addiction. Adrenaline is a drug. Yeah. <laughs> Don't question it. I was it, literally uh, just about to ask you, I was like, why do you want to jump out of an airplane well, so freaking bad? Well, like, you know, after being I, would think, I would think if I'm traumatized, if I get paralyzed from skydiving, for example, I would think that I would want to overcome that trauma by doing it again. That's a little bit of that's a well, you know, I just say, yeah, it's an ego thing. I got to prove it. But anyway, um, the first time my I grew up in aviation, my father was a pilot. I'm a pilot. I tell people 
most of my passengers leave in flight, but that's mm. a different story. But anyway, uh, in survival school, when I went to go, fl- I, I worked on AWACS for five years. So they send you to survival school and they send you down to Florida and they put you on a, looks like a little barge. It's a boat with a fence here and they have parachutes. The objective is that it's basically parasailing, if you're familiar with that. So basically they put you in that thing. They got two really, really fast speed boots, speed boats. And one next thing you know, you're up at 300 feet. And the objective is while you're coming down under a standard military parachute, you go through all the parachute checks as you're coming down. Fortunately, you're coming down in the water, so it's not an issue. Mm-hmm. So anyway, being a pilot, most pilots say, why would you jump out of a perfectly good airplane and on that, under a piece of fabric? Well, that taught me, I couldn't believe how solid I felt in that harness. So I said, well, maybe I could do this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then fast forward to when I got in the reserves and I said, you want to do this? I said, yes, sir. So, so, you, so, so that inspired you to start parachuting, mm-hmm. going on the barge and yeah. uh, par- basically parasailing. Well, I realized that the parachute wasn't any different than any air. It's like an airplane. It's, like, it's a mechanical device that has its own stability. Stability. So, in mm-hmm. any event, that was the. That's what oh, my my father, God bless his real soul, is probably think I was crazy, but that's all right. In any event, yeah, that taught me that these parachute things aren't what everybody thinks they are. Hmm. So that's what got me here. I mean, it's, I mean, God, that's I that's that all. Dude, that's that's awesome. That is that is amazing. Like to hear that you walked in one year. Right, and you walked in one year being paralyzed from the neck down, which which is just outstanding. Hats off to you. Now, just well, uh, and and my dear friend Max, do not forget, it took. Well, Patrick was running, was walking and running pretty, relatively soon, but it took him seventeen years to get to the Ironman, and so. His recovery was long and arduous, but it took a lot of work. So that's why we will get to the point where uh, he's a part of all this. He can answer all your questions on how he came along. That, yeah, that would be amazing. Um, I, do, I do have a question for you. So you, you probably take pride in uh, your resort in Jamaica, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's a fully ADA compatible which is like just amazing for a, a lot of people especially people in wheelchairs because there's no place to really go on a vacation it's hard for us Me, yeah. even well, uh, even in well, one States. way or another one way or another in spite of my current what we call lawfare in spite of my current battle one way or another even if it's just a time to get away um, airlines and everything are very accommodating when you try to travel and you know it's rough to travel but you of course you probably have to have some folks come with you but anyway um the resort was intended because of this is intended because we understand there's this huge that's why even though my wife sort of claims that the place isn't doing well blah, 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 screw that i believe that there's a huge market 
in the handicapped community. And so if uh, we'll get you down there one way or another, even because uh, if even if you just chill out on the beach for a while, but we'll figure out a way. Because well, I mean, you you can you I mean he he can still do a standard wheelchair, right? Yeah, yeah. Like like a regular <coughs> wheelchair, I can do. It. Yeah, I can do a regular wheelchair. Yeah, if um, somebody's pushing you around, that's yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That's all yeah. we need. And now now I'm going to tease you a little bit. It's not just the resort. Now this is a little bit of marketing, but what the hell? We have. <laughs> this was my idea. Tell the people. We have a 13-passenger Mercedes Sprinter limo van that will come pick you up at the airport. Nice. And, by the way, full bar. And, yes, there's a stripper And Max pole. could get in the van in his wheelchair? We, we, yeah, there's well, he could, he could get in the van, but they would stow the wheelchair and get him to the resort. Blue Skies Beach Blue Skies. Why is it named that? In the skydiving community, which, by the way, goes back to support in SCI, Blue Skies, in the skydiving, my skydiving community has just flooded out in support ever since. Well, of course, it could happen. (laughs) You got your friends parachuting down into the resort. Well, the point, yeah, hold that thought. It's going to (laughs) happen. So anyway, the the skydiving community, because it could happen to any one of them, has been so supportive of me, kept me alive in some respects. Nice. So the bottom line is blue skies. When you're a skydiver, if you're signing off a text, signing off an email, or even going away, you say blue skies, because what does a skydiver want? Blue skies, so he can jump. Clear skies. So nice. that's Blue Skies Beach Resort. So there's the marketing pitch on blue skies. So we'll get there. And that's why, you know, in spite of the drama, in spite of the divorce, I still maintain a vested interest in keeping that resort alive and going well. Patrick Rummerfield has always been my spinal cord injury mentor. And Patrick, Patrick's, uh, for those of you out there, Pat, rummerfield.com is the way to get to his website. Nice. What's his, what's his website primarily about? Him. <laughs> Egotistical bastard. Yeah. That he and it sounds like this podcast will be a perfect platform. Yeah, at least platform to start for him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and there's no doubt. Well, now, he's done all kinds of news interviews and stuff. He was actually went out as a motivational speaker for nice. a while. But um, just hearing your story, man, like, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating, you know, and it's, it's, like I want to say, it's an inspiration. It is. It is very inspiring. It inspires me to do to do better and to uh, you know like well, make goals because you got. Well, I got to say, goals, I man. mean, you know, I, I I'll in the course of developing the resort, I kind of came to a philosophy that says, when in life, you have a goal, you have something you want to do. With regard to goal, you have to be very concise and precise about what it looks like. Figure that out. And then each and every day, measure just how much closer you got, even if it's only an inch. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of in that from the motivation thing is if, you know, your goal is to walk every day. I got I mean, I am so, you talk about inspired, coming in here, I've, what was it, uh, how long ago, 
over a year. 2019. 2019, I first met Max, and I'm sitting there going, I remember it was just absolutely late, flat on his back on his bed. The best, he, I, I think he had a little bit of upper strength in the core, but hands didn't work and everything. And I'm looking at you today saying, you know what? This guy's going to get there. He just got to keep fighting. Uh, it's not uh, easy. I mean, uh, it is, and I appreciate the support, you know, and I appreciate the, uh, you know, the, the compliment, you know, because, yeah, I was lost in 2019, man, and uh, I, I met this guy almost three years ago, and we've just been uh, trucking along podcasts and trucking along. Uh, uh, I can't you know, believe work. how proud I am. You know, the, yeah. the whole podcast thing is a stellar idea, given what do you do when you really don't have physical capabilities? Mm. Well, you have a voice. Stuff a camera in your face. Go for yeah. it. Right. And that's and that's the whole point of Life to the Max. Life to the Max was is to um, inspire and motivate people and so, to let them know. So that, let me ask a question: What is the uh, what's the response? I mean, what? How many folks are out there? I mean, you're able to measure how many people are. I would imagine you have to be able to measure how many people are viewing it. Um, different platforms. So we got like around seven thousand downloads just from audio. And our YouTube, we almost, almost a thousand Great. subscribers. Yeah, and like, and yeah, we just started, and like every every day we're getting better and better. Like we're adding more additions. Our production is looking super professional. I'm impressed. We're yes. getting more guests, and like I feel like you know, just like your resort has some sentimental value to you, like regardless of what our numbers are. Right. Like we love doing this. We love sitting with new people and hearing new mm-hmm. stories and, and getting inspired and motivated and letting those people inspire and motivate others. Like yeah. you can't put a price tag on no, that. No, absolutely. Well, uh, that's why I'm thoroughly impressed is that got to keep up the good work. But uh, there was a point I wanted to make on that issue was uh, the... It'll come to me, but bottom line is that... Uh, I feel like oh it yeah here here's the point there's a, a Facebook page out there that I've been on for a long time I was I've always been intrigued you know all these medical studies that are out there and everything nobody has ever and this is a relatively easy study it's only statistics and get get resources of all the there uh, statistically there's a web page out there that's Spinal cord injury statistics, and it tells you basically what the numbers are. There's about 30,000 spinal cord injuries a year. Hmm. So I'm saying, well, of the 30,000, how many walk in? How many basically get carried into the hospital and then walk out? Nobody can answer that question. So I am close. <laughs> the statistic I was able to find is a website, I forget what the name of it, but bottom line is it tells you it's about 30,000 a year. There's a Facebook page called Spinal Cord Injury Walkers, which is basically all of us who have got to the point where we can walk, walk, walk on our own. Mm. The the lady that runs that's up in Michigan, She every year she tries to hold a little... And anyway... She's a sweetheart, but the bottom line is the Spinal Cord Injuries Walker webpage has about 
6,000 subscribers. So it tells you about 6,000 out of 30,000 is the percentage of people that actually wind up walking. Well, that's our guest so, list for the podcast, Max. So, I'm going to go on that website. I'm going to, all right, let's try Rodney over here. And let's try it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you are right on. You are right on. So, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I'm saying is that uh, I want to, you know, it, it amazes me that the medical community doesn't really seem to even care about that number. We yeah, do. <laughs> I, I feel like, you know. It comes down to money. That's what oh. I feel like. But but also also you know when it comes down to therapy like they they do everything physically make sure you're physically healthy but they don't do anything to That's make true. sure you're mentally happy. It's too true, yeah. And and they'll tell you what you have to do to to stay healthy, but they don't tell you what you could do to have fun. Mm-hmm. You know they don't they don't teach quadriplegics how to paint with their mouth or yeah. or, or or do things. Well, I'll go. I, I'll back up and make a make a plug for Kennedy Krieger. The International Institute for Spinal Cord Injury has branched out in a number of areas. They take SCI patients sailing and scuba diving. And so they've got these programs that say, you know, get the hell out of that house and go do something. I've seen these photos I'm seeing of Max doing all these things, going to the (laughs) games and stuff. Just blows me away because... That's what you got to do. Whatever yeah. it takes to, like you say, life to the max. I'm I'm a hundred percent enrolled. This this reminds me of a fun fact. When when someone's mourning the death of someone, they actually say that that it's healthy to be the one. Like let's say you lose your significant other, the healthiest thing you could do is actually be the one that's coordinating and planning the funeral. Too true. Because you, know, yeah. you, you stay busy. You keep your stay mind off, off the sadness right. and those intrusive thoughts and, and you get everything in order to stay busy. And it really helps with the with the grieving process. And another thing I wanted to bring up, I want to shout out Trey Max when we went to a Dave Chappelle concert, um, a Dave Chappelle show, and I seen another quadriplegic in the, at the front entrance. And I've always wanted to get another quad on the show for oh my Max. God. I love it. And, well. and I introduced myself, said what's up, his name's Trey. And he's in the same exact position, paralyzed neck down, breathing through a machine. And I visited him out in Aurora. And I asked him, I'm like, bro, like, like, what's your dream? What do you want to do? And he, he stopped, thought about it. And he's like, shit, I don't know. Be on a podcast, I guess. <laughs> well, I like him. Well, I want Trey's information. You can contact him, let him know. I'll get in touch with him. I want to talk to him. I'm, I'm, I'm not far from Aurora. Nice. Nice. They, yeah, they, definitely. They, well, the thing, well, the thing is, uh, with regard to that, is, you know, what does he want to do? Fine, it's hard. It's hard to figure out. But mm-hmm. the idea is that, um, oh, along the way in my recovery... One of the things I got to do, I think we drove, I want to say it was up in Michigan, to a concert, you know, and I, I know looking at your age, but anyway, folks out there will know, one of my favorites is a guy named T- Jethro Tull. Hmm. Jethro, T-U-L-L. He is a rocker, and he's the only flautist rocker. He plays flute. No way. Yeah. And kills it. Well, we went up there, and I had my power chair. I was in the front row. 
I damn near hurt myself because I was head banging <laughs> and kicking my. And uh, he was so close to me, I could see the hair in his nostrils. Wow. So anyway, that's the kind of thing is is you know get out there and do yeah. it, even yeah. if it's just going to shows. Stay busy, and this this is advice for everyone. It's not even just for people in wheelchairs and injured. Yeah. I mean, specifically for people that are going through things. But you know, even even people that are totally healthy, got both arms and both legs, we still get mentally weak sometimes and uh, we still are our own, our own worst enemy I'll tell you a story that's uh, Max will appreciate in the sense that at one point I was in my power chair we were at a mall a shopping mall in Bolingbroke called the Promenade and I'm cutting it's cold out I'm all bundled up and I'm driving along and this couple was in front of us and the guy kind of turned to me. Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> I thought my wife was going to kill him <laughs> because that's what we experienced. You know, here we are. We're Full gonna... circle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah that's, so sounds like you had a bounty hunter for a wife. Pelaos, notwithstanding, I damn near came out of the chair. <laughs> So I say all the time, don't make me get out of this fucking chair. I'll beat you, right? you know, yeah. no, 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 no. Our, our so next, our next MMA champion here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Curtis, you told us your story. You know, it's, um, it's like beyond amazing. You know, and gives me a lot of motivation. It really does. Uh, well, what's next, next for you? Yeah, what well, next for me? Is, you know, get through this whole silly divorce drama, see how that plays out, see what I end up with. That's, uh, but certainly next, I, like I said, I'd like to shoot for July 7th, but I may shoot for my birthday, which is September 28th. I might be able to get some, put together some borrowed gear to do my recurrency jump and come back. Nice. Well, how about this? Um, how about me and Eric set up a GoFundMe for you? And we say it's from Life to Max podcast, and we'll give your entire story. And we'll try to shoot for July 7th, your anniversary. You're so awesome. You can, well, so you, wow. So you can definitely well, fly, I'll, I'll talk fly to my, in the sky. I'll, t- I'll talk to my rigor. And, of course, you'll have to come out and see it. Um, it, will, will. It, it will be at Skydive Chicago. And uh, outside in Ottawa. And so I sort of don't, we've had kind of a falling out with the ownership there, but that doesn't matter. I'll, I'll suck up my pride and say, and the good news is I'm going to do, like I said, I'm going to do some tunnel jumps and I'm going to do uh, some t- uh, two or three tandems. And there's a gentleman who wants to be part of when I open my drop zone in Jamaica. His name is Chad, very religious young man, sweet kid, tandem instructor. And so, you know what, Dad? Uh, Chad, I'm coming out. We'll do some tandems. You're going to do some coach jumps, and I'm going to come back. Nice. And so when that time comes, we will make that up. But anyway, yeah, any, I could use the help because it's uh, just to put a number on it. It's about eh, right around ten dollars to $15,000 worth of gear. But uh, and then of course you have to. The problem is, is there's a lead time to get it in. So, yeah, I 
I just basically it's to prove it's to prove to the world that you can get over this thing. Yeah. And get back to your normal yeah. yeah. I don't know how many people say being a skydiver is a normal life, but <laughs> I want to get back to my normal life. Well, you asked earlier, so why would you do that? You know, why do you want to perf- jump out of a perfectly good airplane? Well, our response is there aren't any. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in aviation all my life. I haven't found that perfectly good airplane yet. That's so, funny. given yeah. that, um, if um, get all equipped to go do it, then they would be just awesome. Because, uh, yeah, I want people to know you can get your life back. Takes a lot of hard work. So does Patrick. Know that. So, I definitely will get Patrick with you, Kirk. Oh, one one other thing. One other plug, Kirk. Uh, Smith is my parachute rigger. He's also a certified parachute trainer, rigger trainer, blah, blah, blah. He's been in the business forever. So he has a good history, too. But Kirk um, and I, in 2005, dropped a Jeep commander from the sky. Wow. Under, <laughs> under three canopies. I'll, I'll, send, I'll, I'll make sure I send you the video. But anyway... The the Jeep Commander is just a new vehicle at the time, but they were involved. You may be familiar with there's an organization called Operation Gratitude. Sends goodie baskets to troops in the field. And they were doing this as a promotion and said, well, they wanted us to do it in Chicago. That wasn't going to happen. We're not put it out of C-130 and it just yeah. can't happen. So we figured out they'd use two heavy lift helicopters, one of them for the load with the Jeep. We had to, I had to go out, this is right at the front end of a shooting war, had to find the parachutes, find the platform and all the rigging and everything for us. So we did. We had 44 days to get it done. So we did three practice drops at Skydive Chicago, and then we did two, we did one practice jump, in uh, Detroit, near Detroit, out uh, it was the Chelsea Proving Grounds for Chrysler, mm. and so the idea two helicopters. We had seven skydivers in the one helicopter, and the jeep. Throw that you know, basically suspended the jeep from the parachutes, released it. Skydivers jumped out and they had banner flags. They were flying, circled the load. When it landed, they had to cut the Jeep loose. And the key was, is a seven-passenger jump. So seven skydivers. Fortunately, we had one woman and one really small guy to fit in the thing, and they drive it up to the reviewing stand. So anyway, I'll make sure you have that video. That's crazy. That's my claim to fame. That's my my, my parachuting <laughs> claim to fame. That's wild. Well, you know, the, they, they, the, the company that hired us used the term, I had never heard it before, Gorilla Malkerning. When you create an event that is so significant that all the news has to cover it. Mm-hmm. Well, in this case, wasn't a lot of coverage, but ESPN made us, they used to have ES, the ESPN top 10 of the day. We were number three. Nice. So, <laughs> so nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, it's been amazing having you on the podcast. And, well, yeah. and yeah. You can, you're definitely welcome back, you know. Uh, your story is inspiring. Your story is motivating well, to frankly, so many people. Frankly, frankly, my friend, so is yours. I mean, 
The transformation I've seen just since I saw you last is phenomenal, and you are getting there. And I, I can't, I can't say it's going to be easy, but you're going to. Yeah, I said in the beginning, ninety-eight percent mental. The rest, the physical, you get over. And if you got the mental thing, you do. And I believe you have that. Thank you, Curtis. I appreciate that. Well, everybody, this has been on our episode of Life to the Max. Please like and subscribe and please comment so we can hear what you have to say. We have a YouTube channel, Life to the Max Podcast. That's it. You got me crying. (laughs) And and, uh, this has been Curtis's episode. Curtis, can you please look into that camera? And sell yourself that you are living life. To say the max. say your name and say oh. you're living life to the max. And maybe if you want optional, leave a message for um, the people well, before we conclude well, this episode. Well, I'll do that. But I uh, I don't mind my. I tell people my life is truly an open book. So here's the deal. My name is Curtis Grant Kamisek. Kamisek. <laughs> uh, anyway, my point is my. Uh, email is Curtis Kamisic, C-U-R-T-I-S-K-M-I-E-C-E-K at AOL.com. My cell phone, which grabs texts and all that, is 815-713-89er. Got to talk like a pilot. 89er41. Double check that. <laughs> Eight, nine, or four, nine. So, any of you out there, if you're suffering from this, I will talk to you any time of the day, night. With specific, given what we have with so many vets finishing themselves off every day, I talked to Patrick Rummerfield. If he had ever considered suicide, well, he admitted yes, frequently. I, of course, kind of gone. I've danced with it, but fortunately, I have. Kids and grandchildren, I won't do that to. Bottom line is, if you're that far down, call me or email me or text me because I will be here for that four in the morning if it takes. Because I just I understand where we get, mm-hmm. and if we get if you get there, come on down and talk to me. Nice. You're about to get flooded. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. I'm all over it. The world needs more people like you. Well, you know, see. We're all, in the, we're all in the same game, so we just got to take care of each other. That's what it comes down to. That's, that's very sweet. Man. Life to the max. Absolutely. I love the name. Great. <laughs> got it nailed. <laughs>